This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Psalm 91 is a unique Psalm. First of all, because it, uh, is setting is God being, I guess the best way to describe it is maybe a falcon or an eagle and we being his children or his uh, young that he is protecting. It has uh, many of those illusions or alliteration in there. It also is a unique psalm because it is the psalm that is quoted by Satan and when he is tempting Christ to uh, jump off uh, the temple and uh, not be hurt by Uh, the fall because the angels will take care of him. He misquotes the psalm, but it does have that uh, interpretation and it does have that significance because what is happening is God is telling us all the things he's going to do for his children in protection, in provision, and ultimately in promotion. And I think those are important ideas when you're studying Psalm 91. He says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, that means those that go in and spend time in communion in in the most intimate and in the most important ways in our own deep in our heart. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, and that's important to understand, is that uh, the kingdom of God now lives inside of us. And so our dwelling place with God, our actual relationship with God is deep within inside of us. It is in the depths of our heart that we actually have intimacy with God which is in many ways fabulous. He says, he who dwells there shall abide under the shadow of the almighty, meaning you're under his protection, you're under his care. And uh, so many times in life, we have worries, fears, and doubts, and uh, we want some answers, we want some hope, we want some truth. But the truth is that the best place to be is under the care of God. And whatever he chooses to be the best for you, is going to be the best for you. And whether that may be uh, something that maybe you wouldn't choose, maybe something that you're afraid of, maybe something that you have great fear of, you got to remember you are in the shadow of his might, his greatness. He says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him, I will trust. Now notice there's that, there's that whole idea of trusting God. That's that whole idea of faith. He is our refuge and fortress and whatever his actions, whatever his desires, whatever his plans are, I can trust in that. I can place my hope in that. And and remember, hope is not uh, hope is not a forlorn hope. It's an anxious expectation. It's an expectation that God is going to do His will and His best in our lives. And sometimes that best may not be uh, what we choose, like I said, but it is definitely uh, what He's doing. He says, "Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler." and from the perilous pestilence. Now, that that has interest in a couple of ways. First of all, notice we're under we're in his refuge. We're uh, under the shadow of the Almighty. 
And now, though the fowler, remember that's one who is capturing falcons, capturing birds of prey. We, we're not caught by them. We're not caught by, we're not ensnared by the world. The world does not have its authority or power over us. And neither do, neither, neither do perilous pestilence, which pestilence in scriptures always disease and death. And uh, in the times we've lived in, so many people have placed great fear in pestilence, great fear in, in what uh, diseases might destroy us. And by the way, death, death is assured. Uh, death is going to happen. And if your fear is of death, then you're going to be afraid of pestilence. But if, you're, if your hope is in God, then even if pestilence does come, um, it is his will, his plan. He's numbered our days past which we can't go. He says, he shall cover you with his feathers. Notice we still have that idea of being under the wings of God, being in his refuge, being in his care and concern. Notice he covers us with his feathers and under his wings, we take refuge. We take, we're, we're sheltered from the storm. We're sheltered from the world. He says, he shall uh, cover us with his feathers and under his wings, you take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Now, remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, Jesus is the manifestation of God's pure truth in the world. And in that truth, we're shielded by his truth, by his, by his abiding understanding, his abiding hope, his abiding, really, to tell you the truth, his abstract consistency in the world. And uh, we can place our hope in that. We can be shielded by that. It keeps, it keeps evil away from us. He says, you shall not be afraid of terror by night, nor, or, nor of the arrow that flies by day. Notice there's nothing, and, and night is such a picture of fear and terror and doubt and trouble. It's a, it's, it is a thematic illusion in all literature. And uh, oftentimes meet people and they're afraid of the dark. And uh, if you have God, you've got uh, ultimate night vision goggles. You've got an ability to see through the darkness and to perceive uh, all the light that's out there to be seen. And God's always, he is the light of the world. And so if he's in you, if his kingdom is in you, you can trust in him. And why not trust in him? He says, and nor the arrow that flies by day. And remember arrows and bows, uh, the shooting of arrows was, it was the sniper of that day. It was the only way to be killed from afar off by an individual is through it, through the arrow. In many ways, it was considered, it was considered taboo to be a, a bowman in, in, in an army because you weren't fighting face to face. You weren't being fair. You were killing from afar off. And so many times that's what we're worried about. We're worried about the darkness. We're worried about the arrow coming from somewhere we don't know. We're worried about what we don't know. We're concerned about what we haven't seen. And boy, there's enough to be afraid of in the world to be that than to place a lot of fear into the things that you don't even know are out there. And by the way, if you consider all that could be and all that that might destroy you, well, you would just stay uh, paralyzed by fear your whole life. You would. And is that really life at all? Is that life at all? He says, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, pestilence again, and nor the destruction that lays waste at noon. You could come up with all kinds of ways for things to not work out, all kinds of ways for things to be destroyed, all kinds of ways for things to ultimately be terrible, ultimately uh, lead you into the doom and destruction that that is all out there. If you spent your time listing and worrying and concerned about all that could happen to you, well, you would just 
you'd spend your whole life indoors with the window shut and, and closed off from the world. And that is not life. It is not life. And it's not God's uh, plan for us. It's not how he operates for us. He, th- he says, a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come, come near you. What God's saying is that I'm the one that decides you. And no matter what you see out there in the world, you need to remember that. And, and many in the Bible have understood that. I think of Daniel. I think of David. I think of Moses. Even though Moses had great fear and he had great concern about his abilities, I think of those people. I think of Queen Esther. And I think of the boldness of Mary Magdalene. And you could be shot down. You could be stopped. You could be a part of the ones. At any moment in time, there's so many ways to die in a car accident of some physical aneurysm in your brain that you can't even see or the cancer that flows through every person's body. Every person has cancer cells on your body and your body's killing them and taking them away and fighting them off. But one could take hold and and start to reproduce and your body not have the ability to remove it. And then all of a sudden you're dead. If you want to come up with ways to die, there are millions upon millions of them and, and thousands upon thousands of people die around us each and every day. In, in our state, I'm sure there's quite a few people that die each and every day. And, and if you look around, you can come up with reasons why you're going to die. But it shall not come near you until the day God has determined. He says, I've numbered your days past which you can't go, and I'm in charge of those. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Um, the reward of the rick- wicked is death. That's the ultimate end of of rebellion, the ultimate end of sinfulness, the ultimate end of wickedness is death. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And death is coming and death is the, it's the plague in this world. Through one man came death into the world, that's Adam. But, and then through the second man, second man came life, Jesus Christ. And so if you understand that, then you understand that wickedness and and sinfulness in the world is what has caused death. He says, but you have made the Lord, but you have made the Lord who is my refuge because you made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Notice God's one protecting you. And uh, he's about to mention those angels that are uh, protecting you, but the angelic host is protecting you. The Bible says they're not angels, ministering spirits sent to minister unto the saints of God. Surely they are. And uh, surely they are watching out for you. And they are on directions from God to uh, hold back evil and to restrain evil. And in fact, one of the names of the Holy Spirit is he that letteth. Remember, he restrains the world from having its full uh, force and effect on your life. And he is going to continue to do that each and every day until God, in his determinate wisdom and in his understanding, brings about ultimately your homecoming. You're coming into his presence in its fullness. You, you're experiencing eternal life in its fullness. He says, no evil shall befall, no, befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Notice that's a promise of God. He's given his angels charge over you. And by the way, not only are angels ministry spirits to minister to the saints of God, but we judge the angels in the end times and, and they take on their responsibility. They take on their responsibility with weight and, 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 
and they do their job. He says, for he shall give the angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands, they shall bear you up. Notice they literally are actively involved in the life that goes on around you. If you knew the spiritual that was going on around you, your focus on the, on the physical would be far less. And uh, you would ultimately really realize that the spiritual is all that really matters and the physical really counts for nothing. And doesn't the Bible also teach us that? He says, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. That is the verse that he, he uses there. And it doesn't say that we're to tempt God. And, and that's what Jesus said that uh, he told Satan when he was tempting him. He said, uh, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Just because God's making these promises don't mean that you go dive off an 80-story building and expect God to take care of you. That's not how this works. How it works is that you live your life glorifying God by trusting in him and trying to uh, follow and do his will each and every day for your life. And then the angels take care of the rest. And there are a lot of risks to take care of. There's a lot of things that they're handling on your behalf. You don't realize how royal you are and how God is the royalty that uh, you find in Christ is being handled by the angelic host. And they are treating you as you really are, a child of the king. And they are making sure that even though many arrows might come your way, they're taking care to knock those arrows down and to keep you uh, right in the middle in the center of God's will. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. Notice we're going to have victory over the lion. Remember that spiritual uh, power. Cobra is a picture of uh, certain death. The young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Remember, we have power. God's given us everywhere. We walk in faith and step in faith. He gives us uh, authority over it. He gives us he gives us power over it. And these words of encouragement. This psalm is an encouraging psalm. He is telling us, that God is promising us many things that we can walk in and things that we have to trust him for because we can't see them happening. Verse 14, he says, because he set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. Notice God is delivering us because we have a relationship, a lover. We've decided to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And, and we've decided to love our neighbors as ourselves because that commandment is equivalent to the first. And we're to love that which God loves and he loves the world. And so we love those that are in the world and we're uh, doing his will. And because we set our love upon him, because our character is slowly being made into the image of that love. Well, because of that, God uh, delivers us. He takes care of us. He said, I will set him on high because he's known my name. And we do know God. We know his relate. We know his character. We know his nature. We know how he acts and how he, how he does things. And we trust him for that. He says in verse 15, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. Notice God's listening. God's intimately involved in this. This is not a, this is not a God who's aloof. This is not a God who's uncaring or unnoticing. He's a God who is actively involved and he answers us. And he answers us each and every day. God's speaking all the time. The question is, are you listening? He says, I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Notice he's going to take care of us when trouble comes. And he's going to honor us because we trust him. Finally, verse 16 says this, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. 
What a great promise this is. God's saying he's going to he's going to he's going to give us a long life. We don't deserve it. We haven't earned it. We're getting it by God's grace and it's going to glorify him and he's given us that long life and he is he is satisfying our desires. He's satiating who we are, not the desires of our flesh, but the true desires of our heart, the things that give us hope and the things that fill us up and give us fulfillment. And then he shows us his salvation because he saves us from who we really are. And he makes us into who he's truly designed us to be. And I hope you're living that way. I expect that you are. This psalm is a psalm of great promise, great hope, great deliverance. It's designed to ease your fears and strengthen your faith. And I pray that that'll be the case for you today, that you'll hear what God has to say and that you'll trust him. You'll trust him each and every day more and more. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.